Welcome to the Herpreneur Wellness Show. I am your host, Annette Lackovich. Join me as I bring you some of the most cutting edge and coolest people on the planet to help you live a bigger, more fuller life as a female entrepreneur. More health, more wealth, more happiness as you continue to grow your extraordinary business and an extraordinary life. Let's do it. Welcome back, 2019. Oh my gosh, I feel like a thoroughbred horse at the racetracks in the gates waiting for them to open. And they will open when the school holidays are over. (laughs) Are you feeling my vibe, the mums out there? So the Herpreneur Wellness Show, we've had a slight change in the holiday season. I've moved it from lifestyle to wellness because this show is all about making sure that you stay in alignment, helping you with your health, your wealth, your business, and your happiness so you don't have burnout, being the healthiest, brilliant version of you that you possibly can be. So a slight change in the name. Also, if you don't know, Peter and I have moved from one side of Australia all the way over to the other side of Australia. So we put the show on the holiday season break, and that was for me to stay in alignment with my truth, which was no more burnout anymore. Done that years ago, not happening again. So I wanted to take the pressure off, though I didn't want to leave you astray with nothing to listen to. So I shared with you some of the top interviews I've done over the years from other shows. You had Janine Alice, who is the founder of Boost Juice Bars, but now she is the retail giant with Retail Zoo, and you also see her on Shark Tank. I also bought you a replay of Jane Liu, the online global retail giant Shopo. Now she's incredible young female entrepreneur going from zero to 10 million in a few years. Now when I actually did the replay, they're about 32 million. This is a great interview. If you just want to hear the power of persistence and just really tap it into your feminine creativity, because it was really her intuition that really helped guide her through. She drops a whole lot of golden nuggets in her interview, as well as Janine Alice mind-blowing, both of them. And then I gave you one more, and that was Jodie Fox from Shoes of Prey, who actually shares her startup story of building a brand now that has the likes of Oprah, Beyonce, Rihanna, you name it. She has got some of the biggest superstars wearing her shoes. So if you missed out on the holiday season, go back and actually find those last three, because they're incredible to help you with your entrepreneurial journey. Now, to kick off the year, I couldn't think of someone better to start this year with than Petra Kolba. And I'm going to introduce you to Petra Kolba in a moment, but I'm just going to give you a heads up. We moved house, as you know, and my recording room is different. I now have wooden floorboards. So we're trying to work out what to do with the sounding because it's quite echoey. So please forgive me with Petra's interview if it's a little bit echoey. We've done some work in the editing room to make it sound like I'm not in a toilet because I wasn't. (laughs) And now I've got my little soundproof recording booth thanks to Petra from the interview I did with her because that's what I actually needed. So I hopefully I'm sounding so clear to you guys right now. So without further ado, let's get on with the show and let me give a very big and well-earned introduction to Ms. Petra Kolba. 
Petra Kolber took the world by storm when Reebok decided they needed a face that represented their brand internationally. Petra is internationally renowned as a fitness expert and a wellness leader who is known throughout the fitness industry as a crusader in change and the beacon of authentic happiness. In her 25 years in the fitness world, she has starred in and choreographed 60 award-winning video and fitness programs and has spoken to thousands of motivated followers. As a national workshop leader and a keynote speaker, she inspires people around the globe to stand up for their lives and to live profoundly in their hearts. She has been a consultant and contributor to national fitness magazines and has been named as Fitness Crusader of the Year by Health Magazines. She has been the face and the voice of Reebok, Spry Living, Yes Fitness Music and California Walnuts. In August 2018, she launched her very first book, which is called The Perfection Detox. Tame your inner critic, live bravely and unleash your joy. As a two-time cancer survivor, she is passionate about waking people up to the precious gift of time. Her mission is to inspire you, to move you through fearlessness and to stretch your dreams and to strengthen your courage. You're going to absolutely love this interview, the amazing Petra Kolber. Welcome back, ladies, 2019. I'm sure we are all rolling up our sleeves, ready to kick into the year and kick our goals through the roof. And I'm sure some of you are dealing with perfection or perfection paralysis or the pressure that we put on ourselves to be the best at everything. And I don't know about you, but I am putting my hand up that I deal with this on a daily basis in needing to continually just rein myself in or continually release the pressure of being perfect in every area. One of the biggest aha moments I had recently when I thought that I had let it go was I organized a mini inner circle for myself with some of my most trusted girl colleagues in business. And I said to them, let's do it at my house. I've got this beautiful little clubhouse next door. I get to use it for free. Once I drop Braxton off, I'll organize lunch. I'll organize everything. Come over here. And the pressure that I put on myself to get get my four-year-old son off to preschool, come back, have an hour to shower, look beautiful, get lunch ready, have that in the fridge ready and get the clubhouse ready or decorated. Oh my God. I realized that I had not let go of my perfection. (laughs) So today we are going to be introducing Petra Kolber and she is an absolute legend. I bumped into her in Arizona. Was it Arizona, Petra? Yeah, Phoenix, Arizona. Phoenix, Arizona. That's how we say it. We say Phoenix, Arizona. We're at a conference. She just sparks so much amazing energy. So a big welcome, Petra. Welcome to the Herpreneur Lifestyle Show. Oh, it is such a thrill to be here. And let me just tell you, you running down that list gave me anxiety. And so I can only imagine how you felt trying to get the perfect event together for your girlfriend. Oh my gosh. And you know, I just find that once I am honest, as soon as they walked in, they could see I was a bit frazzled. I said, I don't know why I put this pressure on myself. I said, next time we're going to book a beautiful hotel. We're going to go somewhere. We're going to have lunch, everything provided. I said, I don't know why I just did that. I thought the only way I can honor my perfectionism that I really try to hold myself up to is just to be honest, to help it let it go. So uh, I can't wait to dive into this today. I first want to say, how, how did you realize 
that it was a problem for you? Like what happened with you to even want to write this book? What was going on with the picture before the book happened? Give us a good download of what your life was like. Well, I say, you know, the world throws you a pebble, a rock, and then you run into a brick wall. And Mm so I'll go to the, I think the brick wall moment. And that was my catalyst for going, I don't want to live like this anymore. So fast, we'll go back a few years. And, and this is what you and I, I was just was so excited about. We had both had this fitness industry past and we actually knew some of the same people, which I just thought is so magical about the world we live in. And, and two what, different areas, like complete different sides of the world. And here we are, yeah. we the same people. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. And like admiring the same people and working with the same people. And so what happened in that, um, so I was being a fitness expert. I I had a great career in fitness and I was positioned as a fitness expert. So that's part A. Mm -hmm. Part B is growing up, I was always told as a dancer at school, not by my parents, but by my role models outside of my family, you're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not this enough. And I thought, you know, that's my past. I'll grow out of it. And we're British. I think it's a little bit like being an Aussie. We don't really talk about that stuff. You know, I consider Mm -hmm. myself American now because we talk about our flaws. We go to therapy. (laughs) But in England, you try so busy to keep up with the Joneses or the Smiths. And you don't talk about what your struggles are. So I come to New York. I get positioned. I got a fast track to being a fitness. I hate to use the word celebrity, but I kind of was. I was on TV. I was on DVDs. I'm aging myself. I was on VHS tapes. And then what happened is, Annette, this word expert was attached to my name. And here we have fitness expert Petra Kolber. Mm -hmm. And for many years, I kind of just rode along with that with a little bit of anxiety, maybe like you felt with your party and your hosting for all your girlfriends. But then as the stakes got higher, my anxiety moved from a pebble into a rock. Mm -hmm. It moved into panic attacks. I had this Mm -hmm. idea that every time I stepped up on stage in front of a camera, you know, to an audience of one, 10 or a hundred, I needed to show up perfectly. I needed to look perfect, say the perfect thing, eat Mm -hmm. the perfect diet, you know, never make a mistake. And so all of a sudden this noose was getting tighter and tighter and the anxiety grew into panic attacks. Now, part of my panic attacks were this like a flop sweat, like in zero to 60, I could look like I had literally taught a step class <laughs> and it would be in a room <laughs> and I would be standing there talking to the host of a TV show. It was so embarrassing. So what happened was this thing that I thought everybody wanted, perfection, this thing that I thought I needed to be to excel in my career was actually the very thing that was keeping me separated for the very people I wanted to serve mm-hmm. and was keeping me smaller. Mm. My brick wall moment, Annette, when I decided I can't live like this anymore, was CBS called me and they called me. It was around Christmas, the perfect time to do fitness, you know, get in shape in six seconds kind of show. And they said, Petra, all the all the falsehoods that, you know, we teach so well in fitness. So they said, we would love to have you on as our fitness expert for our New Year's resolution show. Mm-hmm. And what happened was before I could even take a breath, look at my calendar, I said, oh, you know, thank you so much, but I'm busy that day. I wasn't busy. My calendar was wide ah. open, but I said, you know what? Yeah. So I said, the next time, please think of me. I put the phone down and something wow. happened that day in it. My heart went enough enough of this. And before my brain had time to say and give me all the reasons why I shouldn't pick up that phone again, I picked up the phone 
And luckily they picked up again. I said, Hey, it's Petra. And then, Oh, Hey, how are you? And I said, you know what? I've actually moved something around in my schedule. BS. I mean, I hadn't moved anything, Mm. but I knew I needed to say yes. And, and then get ready for that moment. Here was my wake up call, Annette. They said, Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh, we're so excited to so excited to have you on our show. We've been trying to get you for two years. And for two years, what I had been doing is turning down shows like national news shows, the Today Show, The View, which is a big show here. And because I knew that was not in alignment with my dreams, I put those no's into a little box, put away my shame, tuck away that, and I wasn't going to talk to anyone about it, and I didn't address it. And it was them, CBS, going, we've been trying to get you here for two years. We're so excited to have you that I was like, oh, my gosh. And I called up my therapist at the time. Mm-hmm. We created a quick strategy plan to bridge my nerves. So then, you know, in two weeks, I had to get ready. And then in two weeks, I got ready to be on that show. And it wasn't perfect, but it was good enough that for the next two years, I was back on as a regular fitness expert on CBS. And wow. it was wonderful. And it wasn't perfect. And it was a great learning curve. And that was my short story to my aha moment. What happened after you said yes? Did things open up for you better? Because suddenly you were like, you know what? I'm not running away from this anymore. Like what was the changes that happened for you personally? That's such a great question. I say yes and no. (laughs) So Mm. my first initial reaction, to be honest, was sheer panic. It was like, what the heck have I done? And then after that, there was a freedom because I knew I had the strategies and the people around me to help me get back into this place of being able to say yes on my own. So it's not like a black or white answer. There was definitely a freedom that came with it. And it was also work that had to be done. So I knew I needed to probably work with a therapist again, but look at my anxiety from a different angle. Mm -hmm. And this is the big thing I think many of us make the mistake of doing, whether it's waiting for our motivation to happen or waiting for our career to get into action. Mm -hmm. It happens when we are in action. So I had to put action behind my fear and my anxiety, my perfectionism before I was ready. Because if I had waited, Annette, till I felt like I had dealt with my perfection perfectly, we would never have met. I wouldn't have written a book. I wouldn't have changed my career. So this this is the dichotomy. You can't wait for what it is you are waiting for. You kind of create the action. You get systems and strategies and people in place to help you. And then through ongoing work, the inner work of the heart work Mm -hmm. and the outer work of the hard work, you will eventually, probably sooner than you think, stand on your own two feet. And here's the great thing. The lessons that you learn along the way, you get to share them forward with those that you want to serve in the future. Mm -hmm. And I say this is where you turn your pain into your passion and with your show around about money and then hopefully for profit, doing great things in the world. You're talking about putting things off until you get it right. And I call that the perfection paralysis. Mm -hmm. And we've got the saying, say yes and figure out how. Your book is a 21-step process. Can you share with everyone, if they're going to start to lean into their fear and lean into something that's going to take them to that next level, but it's the perfectionism that's holding them back. Can you take us through some of the 21 steps that you share in your book? Yeah, no. And I think, you know, what's happened, Annette, when this book came out, you know, there are definitely people that raise their hands and go, yep, I'm a perfectionist. I need help. And they've also had many girls and women go, I bought this for a friend and I read it 
And I didn't think I was a perfectionist, but I see so much of myself in these stories Mm -hmm. because I am still waiting for my courage to catch up to my dreams. I'm waiting for my confidence to get into action. So whether it's confidence, clarity, perfectionism, they kind of all have the same double-edged sword. So the first thing is just awareness. There's like kind of three main phases Mm -hmm. and then each step falls under one of these phases. So the first phase is awareness, recognizing that, you know, wow, maybe I have these false beliefs, whether it's from my past or society or whatever it is that makes me feel less than. So whether it's confidence, perfectionism, clarity, there's often an idea Mm -hmm. of not enough. Mm -hmm. I call it the disease of enoughness. Mm -hmm. I'm not smart enough. I'm not thin enough. I'm not fit enough. I'm not young enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not sexy enough. And I go, enough. But when we can acknowledge that enoughness, bring awareness to it, that's step one, whatever that might be. That's Mm -hmm. phase one. And then in those, it's kind of uncovering the voices, where they came from, you know, are they true? What are they rooted in? Many of it for us, it's our past. It could be a fleeting sentence that someone said to us casually. Like for me, for example, it was a dance teacher that said, you're not smart enough. For me, it was a choreographer that said, you're not thin enough. And by the time they had finished those words, they had forgotten about it. But I had taken on those false beliefs as true. And they then ran my my internal dialogue, my internal choices for the next 20, 30 years. So the first phase is awareness. Then it's acceptance. Oh, my gosh. Because this is the hard one, I think, for Annette, especially with, I would imagine for most of your audience, we're type A personalities. We want to go in, fix Mm -hmm. it. We want to like tweak it, you know, whatever. We want to manipulate it so it's closer to, you know, perfect, literally. And with that comes a lot of pressure that we put on ourselves. I should know better. I know better. The pressure, the pressure. (laughs) (laughs) I know. So then it's acceptance. It's Mm. recognizing that we are so alike in our challenges more than we are different. And then it's action. Because then you have this awareness and it's like, you know, dreams without action are just daydreams. You know, you have to put action behind what it is that you want to change and recognize what can come from this change. And here's the hard bit to swallow. With anything that we do, it takes time, Mm -hmm. whether it's getting over perfection, whether it's building confidence. So that's why I broke them down into many actionable steps, because tell a perfectionist you need to recover from perfection. I go, oh my God, well, how do I do that perfectly? (laughs) You know, I just added more stress onto my life. Yes. we're already busy. How can we take easy to do, not easy to do, but once you get the awareness, some of these steps are quite easy. It's like recognizing the voice in your head. Because what a lot of this is, it's the negative, Annette, has been with us for so long, we don't even realize it's there. Mm-hmm. So simply having that awareness when you walked into the party that you were hosting for your girlfriends that, you know what, I'm feeling super stressed right now, and you shared it with your friends mm-hmm. already that awareness and accountability, it takes the power out of it. It did, By me yeah. saying, I'm, yeah, by me saying, I'm feeling really anxious right now, guess what? 
oh my, I'm not actually, I'm not really feeling that anxious. It's when we try and bottle these things up Mm. and think that we have to only show our highlight reel. We can only operate from our strengths, but it's when we can have the strength to look at our challenges. And I don't consider challenges. I don't consider confidence. I don't consider perfectionism a weakness. It's just, we view it from this lens of it's not helping us. So how can we turn a perceived weakness, not necessarily into a strength, but into something that can serve us down the road? How can we maybe say to our fear, I know you're trying to protect me. How can I say to my perfection, I know you don't want me to get hurt. I I know you don't want me to be rejected, but you're no longer serving me. So let me just put you in the sidecar as Elizabeth Gilbert, I think Elizabeth Gilbert says in the back seat, just so it's no longer the driver of your actions. Mm. I, I, I always say to myself now, which um, helps me just check in, I feel like it's the fear, the fear of judgment. So for me now, the check-in word for me is they're going to love me anyway. They're going to love for who I am. They don't care how perfect the house is or how perfect my hair is. And like you were saying at the start, which is it actually can create more separation. Now, I do want to touch on one thing, which is what you said before. The first step is just awareness. And you were saying that a lot of these negative programmings come from our past. Now, what you might not know, Petra, is, and you might do this as well, is I do what's called a transderivational search. So it's a part of hypnosis, which is I take my clients back to unlock where a fear first starts. And for me, you actually said, and this is what just triggered it for me, is you said, sometimes it's just one thing that someone has said to you when you were younger Mm. and somehow you have taken that on. And I remember the one thing that came up for me, which I did work on, a a guy was chasing me on a train and I thought he liked me. He was from school. He He was an older boy at school. And he captured me and he cornered me and he put his arms, I was against the wall and he put his arms around on either side and I thought he was going to try and kiss me. And instead he attacked me and he said, you, I was just in the first year at high school and he says to me, you think you're so good because you're pretty, but you aren't smart like your sister. You're only popular because of your looks. And then he walked away. And the first thing was, I never thought I was a pretty girl. I never thought I was popular. I just always liked to have friends. I was someone that always wanted to lift people up, even the people that didn't have the friends. And that attack on me helped solidify um, what my sisters used to say to me when I was really young, because I was the youngest of five girls, they used to say I was dumb. So then... All I wanted to be was smart. I didn't care Mm. if I was pretty. I didn't care if I was the best looking that he said. For me, it was I wanted to be smart. And what I noticed over the years, as I dived more and more into my expertise and strive to be smart and the best, the fatter I got. Work that one out. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, didn't know, I'm going to kind of ask the question here because that's, did you remember that he said that, Annette, or was it at th- when you went through the hypnotherapy that it suddenly came back for you? I knew it was there, but I didn't know it ah, played okay. out until I did some work on myself. And this was then after I had Braxton, I was getting so much stress and I was putting pressure on myself. I was building this mastermind program and just, 
I was I had too much on my plate again striving for perfection I'd had a brand new baby and here I am building a mastermind program and <laughs> oh god the pressure I put on myself there and the stress of I was succeeding I was achieving but I was putting on so much weight and it wasn't till then where I was like I can be mm. as gorgeous as I want, as fit as I want, as healthy as I want, as good looking as I want, and be intelligent. There's no reason why I can't have it all. And I'm going to remove the pressure of just trying to be um, achieved right now. And I want to go back to fulfillment, what makes me happy. And then these are the last few years have oh. just changed everything for me. So it's always a learning process. You know, for me, it's, it's you know, perfectionism do always, um, I'm not going to use the word struggle with, but it's something that I always want to hold myself up to the, the best I can be. But there's a lot of pressure I put around that. Yeah, no, and I think for many of your listeners, and I think this is an important thing that you brought up, and I and thank you for bringing it up, Annette. There is nothing wrong wrong in wanting to be excellent, to being the best that you can be. I know that's what mm-hmm. I want, but it's not at any cost, and yes. I think that's the difference. I say, stop being a perfectionist and start being a passionist. Bring the play back in. Now, mm. you might work harder than ever. I am working harder than ever this year, <laughs> but there's a sense of joy. Yeah, there's a sense of joy to it. And I think this is the misnomer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For many women, they freak out. They go, oh, well, if I stop being a perfectionist, does that mean I'm not going to be successful? I'm like, no, 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 no. What it's going to do is change the playing field. Like you had said, this idea of being smart and beautiful couldn't go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we almost like you downplayed your beauty the minute you stepped into your smarts and your strengths. Mm. And it's the same with the other one. We feel like we have to prove something. But when we can move from a place of passion and excellence and being the best that you can be, what happens is it changes the fuel. Like perfection for many of us, not for all of us. I'll tell your your listeners how to make the distinction in a moment. When perfection is being driven by fear... Yes. We can never be our best. Mm-hmm. Like I often say to women, you think you're at your ceiling right now. Actually, perfection is keeping you from that because mm-hmm. to be the best, you have to take risks. You have to ask for help. You have to make mistakes. And guess what? Perfection does not allow you to do. Mm-hmm. She will not allow you to make mistakes, ask for help, all of that stuff. So if we can change the fuel to hope curiosity, joy, potential. We may work harder than ever, but the journey along the way to our success is going to be so much more fulfilling. We're going to be more likely to collaborate. We're going to ask the people around us, younger and older, for help. We're going to bring people in that are smarter than us. And not only do we soar, but also the people around us too. And so the way to say, like often people go, well, is perfection helping or hurting? I would ask you just to consider... Do the thoughts that drive your actions, how you operate in your day, the choices that you make, does it bring you more joy or does it suck the joy out of you? And if you striving for perfection, and I say you know, perfection is only a word until you attach an emotion yes. to it. Perfection for some of your listeners might go, you know what? I think I want to be perfect and I love that. It enables me to get up early and I feel successful. Then don't change a thing. This book's probably not for you. And if thinking of the word perfection or flawless or faultless just makes you like, 
like want to hold your breath, then let's not change who you are. Let's just change the thoughts around where you are in your life and who you want to be and how you want to show up in the world. And again, I think for many of us, we actually work harder, but with so much more joy because I can't think of anything worse than getting to the end of my career, if I ever do, hitting that like golden ring going ding, 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 back and go, I hated every second. <laughs> I got there, but I was terrified of getting caught out. I was terrified of being called an imposter. I thought, oh my gosh, I can't think of anything, anything worse. Mm. For me, the way I cope with now everything is it's either working from a place of fear or it's working from a place of love. And for me, as soon as I start to yeah. feel that, it's, it's, it's always checking in with that because it's the energy of love where we're going to bring more positive things in. I'm very in touch with the feelings these days, Petra, of something that starts to spike the fear or starts to spike that feeling of not good enough. And one thing that spikes it for me is the social media. And if I'm on social media and I start to feel this fear of missing out, fear of not being good enough, fear that she's doing better than me, look how hot her body is, oh my God, and, and I start to feel that, boom, I am off it. I will turn it off really yeah. fast because I'm like, I'm not buying that because that is a snapshot of someone else's real, it's not their real life, and I'm good yeah. enough. How do you think... Instagram, Facebook, all these mm. social media things that we have now, so accessible. Yeah. What do you think it's actually doing to us or doing to the young ones that are coming through? Such a great question, a tricky question. And all I know, I feel like social media is crack for our negative self-talk. Mm. It is like caffeinated, is like putting our inner critic on, you know, 10 cups of coffee. And also social media can be really beneficial for our businesses and for connecting. And mm -hmm. like you said, I think the biggest thing, especially for, let's jump to our children first. A lot of moms say, how do I, how do I deal with kids and social media? And they see their, you know, their, you know, their favorite pop stars and actors. And I say, here's the thing. If you, if they're going to, they're going to listen to their their, their idols more than they'll listen to their parents. So I think what social media doesn't do, and you just said it there, Annette, it doesn't show the hard work. Mm. One of my favorite sayings is Pastor Stephen Furtick. He says, the reason we all struggle with insecurity is we're so busy comparing our backstory to everybody else's highlight reel. Yes. And so like you said, social media is the mm. highlight reel. It doesn't show the 10,000 hours. It doesn't show the failures. It doesn't show the misses. Although now, you know, some of the thought leaders out there are actually showing, you know, they're recognizing people don't connect through perfection. Yeah. We connect in our cracks. We might idolize perfection, but that doesn't connect us. It's just like this heroic, you know, pedestal that we can't really relate to. And I think it's changing. I think with our kids, if there's someone that they admire, go in as a parent and find out, look, do the research and show them all the failures, all the record deals they didn't get, all the, you know, the book deals they didn't get, all the, you know, the directors and producers that told them they weren't good enough. Let them see the 10,000 hours that it took to get to that yeah, overnight success. love that. That is awesome. And then for us as grown-ups, Annette, because it's really hard, it's everywhere, and I've really been, for a while, I kind of came off social media over Christmas, and I got to say, it felt 
awesome. But there is a piece of me that's going, hmm, I'm kind of using it for my brand. So I would ask us all, and I have to remind myself of this too, the worst place and the worst time for us to go on social media is when we're bored. And I think this is a big part of our creativity. I think the reason the more and more research is showing boredom is actually a gateway for your creative self. But we're not used to being bored anymore. So when we're bored, we automatically pull out our phone and go on to Snapchat or Instagram or Facebook or any of those things. So I would encourage us all, if we're going on to social media, if it's for, you know, just to check out what's going on or to post something about our business or our life, go on with the intention of, what it is do I want to serve into this world? What can I share that's positive and uplifting? And like you also said, notice when we're looking at everybody else's feed, how do I feel when I step off social media? Mm -hmm. If it's that idea, you know, comparison is a thief of joy. If we're not able to celebrate someone's strengths, maybe we're just feeling a little bit blue that day. And that's okay. You know, if you're feeling a little down, we all feel blue. We all feel like you, when you're not having a good day at work or with yourself, don't go onto social media. You kind of have to have your, you know, your heroic, you know, I'm superwoman, you know, have your superwoman armor on. Realize it's only a snapshot. And here's what I really want us all to start considering, especially if you're building your own business. And I know you talk about this so well, Annette, do not have all your contact points, social media, because it could be gone tomorrow. We, mm -hmm. we don't own any of this. And I'm yes. seeing more of a backlash, you know, to what's happening. So again, nurture your community. That's what's so great about what you were doing with your girlfriends. You were doing community. You were doing FaceTime versus FaceTime, mm -hmm. you know? So again, it's just go on with intention. Be super mindful. If we go on when we're bored, your inner critic is going to go, oh, this is the perfect time for me to tell you just how fat you are, how not smart you are. She's going to just tell you everything that you're not. But when we go on with good intention, wanting to uplift the conversation in social media. It can be a very useful tool, but mm. you cannot go on when you're bored or feeling blue and also give yourself a detox, you know, really be mindful of the yes, time that unplug. you're on. Yeah, yes. unplug. Mm, my rule no, ahead, now is what I do for Facebook is I purely go on there for the business side of things. I've been doing a bit of detox while I've just been in my creative space now with the move. Though my rule is, and it's been like this probably for the last couple of years, is I go on purely for the business side of things. Though the first three posts that I see are the ones I'm meant to see. And it's amazing how many times when I go onto Facebook and I, I read the first three posts, how many of them it's stuff that is nurturing for my soul or I can nurture somebody else's soul. So it's, it's like somebody might do a call out and I'm actually one of the people that can give the advice. So it's funny what I've been able to put out there to say, this is what I'm accepting in my world, in my realm, and to be able to manage that. So I just can switch off. And I think like you're saying, you have an intention when you go on there, you're not going down there purely from boredom. On Instagram, the other thing for me, though, is I think I do jump on there for boredom. I think I do jump on there just to see what's going on. And that's when I do start to feel just this fear. I think because at the moment I'm in this building stage of building a brand new event and I'm seeing my competitors or people that are doing mm. similar things that I've done that I'm walking away from because I realize it's not my fit. But it's that feeling of that anxiety like, oh, I'm missing out. I'm going to turn that off. Boom. <laughs> 
and you're right. No, I, I do it because there's no yeah. purpose on there. I'm just jumping on there just to see what's going on in the world. I think that is so useful, A, for me to hear. And I know, you know, the women and people that follow you who love you recognize that, that we're all human. Mm. But the fact that you are aware of it and you get off fast, that's that's huge. And again, I think, you know, when you're busy, this is what I've realized. Every moment I'm on Facebook, you know, probably shattering my self-esteem, it's moments away that I'm building my business. Mm. But I th- And I love that idea of what you said, and maybe we could even take it a step further, that the first three posts you see are the ones you're meant to see. And maybe we can all even together have this idea of before we go on to any social media, mm. we take a deep breath and go am I here? You know, where am I? Am I fully present in my body? May we take another deep breath. What is it I want to share with the world today? Mm. And maybe we take another deep breath where I kind of cloak myself in a golden energy that nothing is there to make me feel like I'm less than. And even if people are doing what I used to do, I'm going to celebrate that, which I know you do. And also I recognize that's not where I belong anymore. And it's really love because otherwise it's bowing down to the fear. It's bowing down that yeah. I'm not good enough. And for me now, it's like I, I realize with the mastermind I built, I built this mastermind over a three-year period and it was amazing. It exploded. Um, the way I ended up building something I didn't love anymore. It became more and more heavy with digital marketing. And my love and passion is being face-to-face with people and on the stage and being able to empower them. So the goalpost was so far away, which I'm thankful for because your feelings are there to navigate you and to guide you. And, you know, there was something that happened to me that made me have that big wake up call to really listen to my feelings and to course correct. So, um, I think now when I do see these other women, I always, I actually, this is what I think. I want to interview them on the show because I want to share them with the women because it's not where I want to play in that field. <laughs> And that's why I, I want, just want to give that love because I think they're doing so well in that area and that's not me. Let me share them with my, my clientele. But I haven't heard back from them because I think they probably feel that it's <laughs> a, a strategic move where it's so not. And that's their and that's their problem because they're missing out on an amazing opportunity to be interviewed by you and share, you know, get introduced to your audience. Mm. And, you know, I think this is I think it's a huge learning curve. And actually I'm thinking of it right now. A, I always want to take my hat off to you to step away from a business that you built over three years because it was no longer in alignment with where you wanted to go yeah. takes huge courage. And Sometimes we do that out of choice, which I think what you did is really hard. You took, you made the choice to pivot elsewhere. And then sometimes we don't have a choice. Like for me, uh, four years ago, I was kind of still in the fitness world. A relationship I had suddenly kind of blew up and I came back to New York and I had a quick decision to make, like, am I going to stay in the fitness that I know Mm -hmm. like you, I've built this brand. People know me there. I feel safe there. Am I going to say I'm no longer, that's kind of not where I want to go. And just like you, Annette, at the beginning, when I'm building this stuff that nobody knew about because I was going back to school for positive psychology. I was building this whole thing around moving to happiness, about Mm -hmm. mindset, about 
coaching from the mind versus the body. So ever, I'm like kind of hold away. People are going, what are you doing? You know, I wasn't on the conference circuit. And mm-hmm. even though that wasn't what I wanted to do, I still got FOMO when all my feed was filled of people going, hey, I'm at the idea convention. I'm at Filex and yes. we're having a great time. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Oh, you know, so it's just natural. But I think it's embracing, you know, that the drive in us, the, the female entrepreneur and also the human side of us that wants to be loved, wants to be out in the world. And it's hard to kind of retreat and do the work in a world that's telling us we need to be out there promoting ourselves every second of every day. Mm. I've gone through a few of those pivots and I just know when it's time because I get that feeling because I was in the fitness industry known as pretty much the only leading female sales expert in the fitness industry. And, but I knew that I wanted to do more through pretty much like you, Petra, which is through the mindset and through growth and through proper, proper um, development and helping people just step into their greatest version of themselves. And so it was really stepping away from that fitness industry and being able to serve at a higher level. Um, so yeah, it's interesting that you say that because it's a very similar journey where you feel like, I think once you really make that decision, and you, you cut off from um, that was a chapter and you've now grown into that next chapter and having that full acceptance. For me, I've done that a few times and I'm doing it again now. Petra, yeah. can I ask you, you have yeah. all this experience, right? What actually made you decide to put it into a book? You know, for many years when I was in the fitness industry, everyone was like, oh, Petra, you got to write a book. And I, like you said, I did not want to write a diet book, an exercise book, reinvent the wheel. I just felt like I had nothing to say. Here was the moment. Well, I did. There was two kind of moments. One was I needed to make income that didn't involve sweating for dollars. And I was like, how am I going to get no? in the world as a thought leader and one is write a book. And I thought, oh, okay. I didn't really see it. I didn't realize it was going to be so hard, but so that, that kind of came about. I did a TEDx talk about three years ago. Oh, and I it didn't was around know that. I'm going to watch yeah. it now. We'll put the links Uh-oh. below girls when you're listening. <laughs> so yeah, so I did that and offline I got all these messages from people I knew and people I'd never heard of saying, this resonated with me so deeply. Thank you for putting a face to it. Thank you for sharing your story. And then I began to talk more and more within the fitness industry. I I came back into Mm -hmm. the industry from the perspective of mindset. So I wasn't doing choreography anymore. I was actually coming back and doing lectures and workshops. And I began to talk more and more about this idea of perfection. And I saw people lean in and I started to talk about my anxiety. And like you said, I saw people lean in. And when I did choreography workshops, they were great. I was like, yay. It was like, you know, fantastic. And then the music would go off and everybody would leave and run to the next session. And then when I started doing these sessions, I would say, okay, great, go on, you know, I'll see you like, you know, later today for another, you know, conference, whatever. And people around. would stay. Yes. Yeah. And they were like, oh my gosh, you suffered from this too. And so then I started exploring. I'd done a lot of work in positive psychology and I was doing a lot of reading about perfectionism. And there was some great stuff out there. And there were some great people beginning to talk about it. Brene Brown, um, Elizabeth Gilbert. But what I felt was lacking in this particular area, I mean, they mm-hmm. speak so beautifully on so many things, but 
with perfection. It's like, oh, just don't worry about being perfect. And one of my favorite sayings is by Elizabeth Gilbert is fear is just perfectionism in really good shoes. <laughs> I actually end my TEDx talk with that quote. <laughs> But I also knew it took me seven years to really kind of tease this apart. Mm -hmm. And I thought, gosh, if and one one of my strengths is being able to take really complicated ideas and put them into very easy to use language and strategies and methodologies. I I was I aced that as in with choreography. So what I found was missing is there are all these great books around perfectionism, but they were very dry. They were often written by men. It was also about the research. I was like, oh, this makes me want to just like, I, it just made it just seem so dry. And I thought, mm. I wonder if I can kind of combine my experience with stories and the whole idea of positive psychology, looking at your strengths, clearing out the clutter, and then refilling that negative space with something positive. And I, I beta tested it with a group of women. They were like, yes, 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 yes. Where do we get more of this? And I just jumped in and the book was kind of born. The Perfection Detox. The Perfection and it's, um, Detox. The Perfection Detox. So yeah. how can the listeners find out more about you? Where can they get the book? And I know you've got a gift for them today. Can you go through that for them? Yes. Well, the Perfection Detox has its own website, perfectiondetox.com. But I think for if your listeners are in Australia, um, it's on Audible on Amazon. So um, if you go to Amazon, it's on mm-hmm. Audible available across the across the world. I think books that a physical book may not be shipped, but it's on Audible. And then I would love for your listeners, what I built with the book, I call them joy accelerators. And they're little reminders. You know, we get up in the morning and we want to crush our day and then it's the alarm clock went off we hit the snooze button and we're like oh my gosh we just need little reminders to start our day so I created 21 joy accelerators mm-hmm. and they're based around the 21 chapters they're just basically quotes that pop into your email box one a day for three weeks Monday through Friday and if your listeners feel that's something they would like and would, could be helpful to them if they just go to Petra Kolber P-E-T-R-A K-O-L-B-E-R.com forward slash joy. They can sign up and get those delivered to their inbox every morning. A little, a little adrenaline shot to their, to their joy muscle. I love it. So uh, I'll have all the links there below. So if you're listening to iTunes, just scroll below. Otherwise, if you go to AnnetteLackovich.com forward slash perfection, And we'll have everything about today, the show notes, we'll have the links, and um, we'll also have the Audible, and also I'll have a look, Petra, in case there is somewhere we can get it here from Booktopia. I'm sure there's somewhere here we've got, so we'll see if your book is available in the physical. Did you do the audio reading, or did you get somebody else to do it? No, I did it. I had to, well, they said they would normally you have to actually audition for your own book, but they saw my video reel. It's not really, you're fine. But here's the thing, trying to say the word perfectionistic, you, when you're writing the book, you don't realize you're going to have to say perfectionistic a hundred times. Perfectionistic. Oh, exactly. (laughs) Thank you. Peter picked a pickled pepper. I mean, I, we had to do like 5,000 takeovers. So talk about a very imperfect process, but I was very blessed to read the book myself. Yeah, I've, I've been told that it is full on doing the recordings because you, you're oh, in it, that booth yeah. and they get you to perfect every word. It's yes. And then you have to go and do do overs. Like you'll think that you've maybe mastered something and say, mm-hmm. Oh, we need you to come back because this dropped out or that. Yeah. You, you, it is very 
um, for a recovering perfectionist, it's very anxiety provoking. <laughs> let me tell you. That was probably just the universe just throwing you a few more tests. Let's just see if she's really yeah. over this today. <laughs> yes. Ah, oh, she still got work to do. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Now, Petra, you have a podcast as well. This is a great way for us ladies to stay in touch with you across the sea. (laughs) So can you tell us more about your podcast? Yes, I have one called The Perfection Detox, and it's on iTunes and Spotify. And, you know, again, I took a break from it um, when I was writing the books. There's like 70 shows up there right now with Mm -hmm. fitness leaders, thought leaders, writers, female entrepreneurs across the gamut. And it's picking up again in February. And what I'm doing it now, I'm trying to be like, cool. I'm doing it Netflix style. So I'm picking a theme and then dropping like 10 episodes at a time. And the first one is actually around the business of fitness. And now whether you're in fitness or any leadership position, it's about how do you turn your passion into a profit before you burn out. Mm-hmm. So I've got some of the greatest thought leaders in that space. So all the shows will be dropping. I, ha- I sound so cool. Like, so dropping, I think <laughs> on February, Tuesday, I think it's February the 4th or 5th. And then people can go in because I know for me, when I get interested in a topic, I don't want to wait another week for it. So you can go and listen to all 10. If yes. a particular series doesn't resonate with you, you don't have to listen. And we've got great show notes. And so, yeah, thanks for bringing that up, Annette. It's a great way for us to stay connected across uh, across these countries. Yes, and your energy just is amazing. So I'd love to listen to you more. So yay! (laughs) Awesome. Petra, just to wrap up the show, what's the one thing that you do on a very regular basis, daily, at least weekly, that fills up your level of happiness? Hopefully it's to do with physical exercise. Can you let us know? The one thing I try and do on a daily basis, as much as I can, is get out and move. I stick headphones on my head, put a great soundtrack or a podcast like yours into my headphones and I take a walk. Um, I find that when I'm sitting, sitting is the worst place for our happiness, our health or anything. So for me, I don't always manage it, but whenever I can, I get up, I move, I go to the gym if I have time. But moving to me is one of the things that we can't not do if we want to live a life of happiness, creativity and joy. God damn, girl, I cannot agree with you more. That is what this show is about. And that's why I always finish with that question, because if we can just move more. It has been an absolute joy meeting you in the USA and just to be connecting again today. Um, I really hope that we continue to have our paths continually meet. And um, I just want to give you big love and just, just say that your place in this world, what you're doing is absolutely incredible. And I just want to honor that and just say that I appreciate you so much coming on the show today and sharing your love with our listeners here in Australia. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much, Annette. Thank you to all of you listening who, you know, you probably don't know who I am, but one thing I do want you to remember is the world would rather have your imperfect voice, imperfect message than your perfect silence. Love that. What a beautiful way to finish. I'm sure you thoroughly enjoyed Petra's interview today. And guess what? Got some great news, done the research, and there are a bucket load of shops in Australia where you can order her book from. There's Booktopia, Angus and Roberts, Dimmix, the list goes on. We'll add the links on annettelakovich.com forward slash perfection. Or if you listen to iTunes now, just scroll below and click the link and that will take you straight through to that page with all the links there. 
So we are well and truly into 2019 now and my question you know I love to finish with is what is the one thing that you can do this week that lifts your level of happiness? Make sure it's a physical activity, something to get you moving. It could be yoga, walking, running, swimming, gardening, just something that gets that heart thumping a little bit. It lifts your vibrational level of happiness and you are out there at the highest frequency you can possibly have Remember, the higher your frequency, the happier the frequency, the more great things you're going to attract into your life. Like attracts like. We are back for season two. If you haven't already, subscribe. And if you know this show is going to help one of your girlfriends get over perfectionism, share this show with her today and I'll speak to you next week. Season two, here we come. Let's do this. Ah!